Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Football Podcast sponsored by William Hill. I'm Derek McGregor. And I'm joined by my colleague David Frail and William Black from William Hill. David, Celtic Manchester City, we were both there. Sensational game. Your own thoughts on it? A classic, Derek. I mean, I've witnessed a lot of games at Celtic Park, European games over the last few years, and uh, stretching back to Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strack, and Neil Lennon eras. And to me, it's up there the, the very best. You know, you think back to, I don't know, beating Celtic, beat Man United 1 0, beating AC Milan, beating Juventus. But Although it wasn't a win, it's still up there as a classic for me. I, you know, I just thought it was a great game, six goals, great entertainment, great drama. Two attacking teams just going toe to toe, and, and for Celtic to take on Man City in that manner, you know, a Man City team that had a flawless start to the season, ten wins in a row, people talking about them already as English champions to be, to go and really, really put on a show against them and, and, and match them for long spells. You know, I think it's credit to Brendan Rodgers and his players. Certainly, I mean, you know, it was well previewed before the game that the City team was assembled for something like £400 million. Ten wins out of ten this season. Do you think the Celtic fans left last night thinking it was almost like a victory? I, I, that I it was know. worth savouring yeah, like I, a victory? I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it was savouring like a victory. I think anybody at the game where you support Celtic, Man City or just a neutral, savour the occasion. Well, sometimes there's games you just need to take them for what they are. There was mistakes from both teams. There was, there was great play from both teams. But see, at the end of the day, anybody and, and everybody watching the game, to a man, I've read a lot this morning, I've listened to a lot this morning, spoke to a lot of people last night this morning, everybody says the same thing. What a game that was. It was a classic. You know, across Europe, people will be watching highlights thinking three each, six goals, could have been more. You know, Man City could have probably sneaked, could have sneaked it at the end, but they didn't. And I, I just think that the Celtic fans, given the Barcelona humiliation, it was a humiliation getting beat 7-0 for a club like Celtic. But to then go and restore a bit of pride when there's, you know, a nationwide audience in Britain, there's people across Europe watching that game. I think they take a lot of pride off, off that. So I, I don't think it was a case of it felt like a win. I think it was just a, a sense of pride that the team took on. A world-class team, let's not forget. You know, They will be the English champions this year, I think, and, and really, really put on a good show. I have to confess, David, that I certainly felt that Celtic would show a lot of pride and a lot more intensity than they did in Barcelona but I didn't see them getting a result. How did you feel going into the game? Did, did Celtic surprise you last night in any way? They didn't surprise me in the way the players set out because Brendan Rodgers was very, very open before the game and, and, and he said it's, it's going to be different from, from Barcelona. He kept using the word passive you know, in terms of the new camp performance. Celtic just didn't get near their opponents. They didn't hound them. They didn't, everything they did last night they didn't do in Barcelona. That said, I looked at David Silva, um, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, Gundogan and I'm thinking, well, Celtic are going to, you know, Man City should win the game. Brendan Rodgers on Tuesday said that if Man City play well and Celtic play well, Man City will win the game. As it happened, you know, both teams did play well to an extent. Obviously, defensive frailties for both, and it, and it finished in a draw. I didn't think Celtic would win the game. Could they have got a draw? I wasn't 100% sure, but you know, again, credit to them for putting on a, a show and, and really restoring pride. 
both Brendan Rodgers and the captain Scott Brown set the tone in the build-up and certainly Scott Brown you just knew Celtic were going to be very aggressive last night and right from the first whistle they rattled Man City you know to, to, to produce that level of performance suddenly has changed kind of an outlook in Group C mm-hmm. I mean should people still be keeping realism in this one David? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, realism in the sense that Man City and Barcelona will qualify. I don't think Celtic. Will no doubt in your mind about that. No doubt in my mind. Yep. Man City and Barcelona will go through. For Celtic, and maybe people will see that's a defeatist attitude. For Celtic, as soon as that draw was made, now if, if they got other teams, like, I'm trying to think, Benfica, I want to kind of lesser teams elsewhere. Not, no disrespect to Benfica, as, as one of the top teams, you maybe think, well, you never know. Man City and Barcelona will go through the group. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But for Celtic third place is, is where they should be aiming. And I think now that point has really really opened it up in that sense. Because Celtic, for all the goal difference, isn't great. They're a point ahead of Borussia Mönchengladbach. So they've now got a double header with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Now if they go through that with the upper hand, whether it's head to head, whether it's points, they've got this extra point now. So therefore they're going to the last two games, you know, all this they play for. So I think it changes the complexion in the sense that Celtic now have the upper hand for, for the third spot, but I, I still think Man City and Barcelona will go through. Do you think the biggest thing last night, and especially after the, the kind of mauling in the, the new camp, last night they've demonstrated they are capable? Yeah, and I think at home, I think it's always going to be different, and, and this, is a, this is a curious thing about Celtic, and it doesn't matter about the era, the players, the manager. Away from home, the toil in, in, in Europe, it's come back from Martin O'Neill days to Brendan Rodgers days. They don't do well away from home in Europe. The home form is the complete opposite. You know, Pep Guardiola after the game spoke about that. He said there's very, very few teams that have come to Celtic Park over the last 15 years and left with a win. It's only three or four. So home form is always going to be crucial. So three I th- defeats I think in 25 now, I think it is, David. Something yep. like that. So yep. I think what this team, and this is a new team, you know, dipping their toes into the Champions League for the first time as well, I think what they've shown to themselves and to the manager and to the fans and the rest of Europe is that at home Celtic are still a force to be reckoned with. I think away from home will still toil, but I think at home I think you need to take if you if you take on Man City, go toe to toe with them and almost get a result. They did get a result, but almost get a win. Then, then you need to take huge confidence from that. Moussa Dembele, man of the moment, on fire just now. How impressed have you been with him? Very impressed. I mean, we saw him back in Slovenia. Um, I was in Celtic's pre-season tour and we saw him in the first game. I watched him play was against Olympic Ljubljana and. I think you can just tell the way someone carries themselves and, and they're touching everything that he's a player. Speaking to people, or, or, I think it was yourself or someone else did a piece of Ross McCormick on Moussa Dembele, Derek, and he was saying, you know, I can't believe Celtic have got this guy. So he came with a pedigree, he scored double figures in the Championship last year. You watch him play and you think he's big, he's strong, he's powerful. But a lot of stuff to brush up on, especially in there, and maybe he's finishing. In the first few games of the season, he probably found it hard to say Lee Griffiths was scoring a lot of goals, he's in and out of the team. But I think since probably just before the Rangers game, I think he's been exceptional. And I think you watch him last night and you see a big, powerful, pacey front man who can score goals. And when was the last time Celtic had that? You know, you hark back to Chris Sutton and John Hartson, great players, top-class players. They didn't have the pace that Mr Dembele's got. So while he's got a lot to go to, to match them in terms of experience, in terms of just being a bit more streetwise, he's got, he's got all the raw ingredients. He's got pace, he can finish, he can head it, he can, he can do everything. So anybody watching that game last night, in Europe, thinking this guy's only twenty, you know he's come through the PSG academy. He's played, he's played for film. He's got a pedigree already in English football. Brendan Rodgers, who's got a track record of getting the best out guys like Sterling, Sturridge, Suarez. If I'm Moussa Dembele, I'm thinking you stay for a couple of years, you really, really progress under Brendan Rodgers, and then the sky's the limit from. I think he'll make Celtic a fortune one day, Derek. 
two years ago, John Gadetti, of course, arrived at Celtic, started like a juggernaut, goals galore, and then fizzled out. Is this the big thing now for Dembele, maintaining it? Yeah, but... He's only 20, of course. Yeah, you know? this is the thing, but to me, the John Gadetti, I, I think John Gadetti was a good player, but I don't think you can ever discount what happened to John Gadetti in terms of the virus that cost him. You know, he nearly lost one of his legs, and, and it cost him probably two years of his career. So John Gadetti had lost that that kind of that, that yard of pace, that razor sharp edge. I think Dembele, you look at him, and he's just what a specimen he is. You know, he's just a defender. Color of an Otamendi last night, we're having nightmares up there. Thinking, how do we handle this guy? Because he can run, he can jump, he can hold the ball in, and anybody, you know, people will pay a premium for a striker. And Celtic have made a lot of money out of guys like Wanyama, Van Dijk over the years, Fraser Forster. I think. Dembele, if he, if he keeps on the same trajectory and if he keeps his head down and stays for a, a, a good few years, a couple of years at least, and works and listens to what Brendan Rodgers is saying, I think he could go for absolute fortunes. I mean, if you look at some of the, the, the fees in the Championship, Jordan Rose, Ross McCormick, going for 12 13 million pounds, this guy can make Celtic millions and millions of pounds. Willie, we're delighted for you to join us to uh, provide our readers and our listeners with the update and the odds from William Hill as we speak late morning Thursday. Could you please provide us with the odds, first of all, for Celtic against Borussia Mönchengladbach at Parkhead next yeah, up? Yeah, pretty much. These, these only came out this morning. and I must admit, after last night, I thought Celtic might have been favourites, but no, not at all. Borussia Mönchengladbach are 11-8 to favourites for the for the win at Parkhead in was it two weeks' time, I think. Yep. So yeah, Mönchengladbach, slight, slight favourites, but still favourites nonetheless. 12 to 5 the draw, Celtic 19 to 10. So you're not two to one your money for a Celtic home win. And if if you look at that record of Celtics, I think that's a hell of a big price for Celtic at home against a team that, you know, they didn't perform well at Man City. Yeah, on paper they've got better, uh, they've got a better side. But I just think teams like Munchen Gladbach coming to Celtic, I think two to one, nineteen to ten is a big price there. Now I, I spoke to Scott Sinclair after the game last night, Willie, and he was even talking about Celtic still qualifying for the last sixteen, taking second place. What are the odds on that from William Hill? Well, if anybody wants to back Celtic to qualify, we'll be more than happy. To <laughs> um, yeah, Celtic aren't really quoted. In fact, none of the none of either British mentioned Gladbach or Celtic are particularly quoted. Really? Having a look, Celtic Barcelona are two hundred and fifty to one on to qualify. Man City are ten to one on. British mentioned Gladbach are their, their third favourites, thirteen to two. You need to go to twenty five to one for Celtic just to qualify from the group. So huge prices, but yeah, I think. Barcelona and Man City, they're just they're, they're streets ahead of both sides. David, the last couple of days, of course, we've we've seen the demise of Sam Allardyce as England manager. Astonishing events down south, and it's part of a whole controversy with managers and payments and bribes and you know unsavoury kind of meetings, etc., etc. The change of England manager with Gareth Southgate now, and for at least the first four qualifiers. We go to Wembley November the 11th. Do you see this impacting to our advantage? I, d- I don't think it will help England. Put it that way. You know, I, don't, I don't think any change of manager. There's always a bit of an upheaval. Gareth Southgate will have different ideas in the game, systems, squad selection, training methods, everything than Sam Allardyce did. So I, I don't think, you know, put it this way, England wouldn't have, you know, have chosen to have this upheaval and, th- and this change. So, I, yeah, I, I do think it will have a slight impact but then you also look at the, the squad England have got and, and the players they've got and well, class players in, in certain areas so you'd think well they would still fancy themselves at Wembley against Scotland I think if the game was at Hamden it would be a different I still think this Hamden game 
the Scotland England Hamden game next year will be a bit different. Man, I do think Scotland have got a much better chance. But at Wembley again, like Celtic going to to New Camp or the Etihad, it's going to take a, a monumental effort to get anything. Was Allardyce a good choice for you as, as manager, David? I mean, do you think you know again from a Scotland perspective that you know if he had stayed in place, that that would have made our task any any more difficult or not? Or as you say, does it still come down to the England players regardless of who's in charge? I'll be honest with you, he's never a manager that's really excited me, and, and I've thought you know what a manager Sam Allardyce is to me. He's a kind of almost a, a kind of relegation specialist. He gets teams out of trouble. He organises them well. And, you know, I think he did a really good job at Bolton. Since then, he seems to have just kind of flitted about. I think he was almost just next in the pecking order. I mean, if you look at England, people talk about the death of English talent. There's a lot more English players coming through now. But where are the English coaches? You look at the Premier League. I mean, who, I mean I'm sure we'll talk about the odds in a second, but where are the good English coaches? So it was almost like, well, who's next? Roy Hodgson says he's done. Well, Sam Allardyce in his 60s. He, he, he's desperate for a job. Let's just give him it. Which obviously turned out to be a bit of a mistake from them. But... I don't know. I, I don't. I, I was never really getting myself that excited about Sam Allardyce being England manager. I, I didn't think Sam Allardyce would would go and take England to World Cup glory. But then I don't think any manager would take England to World Cup glory. To be honest with you. I mean, I must admit, with the greatest respect to Gareth Southgate, he neither leaves me, you know, up nor down. I, I, I don't particularly find him inspiring. You know, from I mean, Gordon Strachan is obviously hugely experienced. Could could you see a possibility of? Gordon Stratton being able to hoodwink them with yeah. any tactics yeah. or formation. I, I would agree with you. Uh, but then, do you know what? See, sometimes, see if you've got the players, sometimes you just need a safe pair of hands in the sense you just need a guy that can coach them well, organise them well. And you don't always have to be this big inspirational figure. You know, look at you know, Germany, Yogi Lowe. I mean, I, I had no real mm. knowledge of Yogi Lowe before he took over as a German manager. Will, will, will he go and become a super manager in the Premier League? Probably not. He doesn't seem that tight. But you know what? He's been given that task. Just go and do this. Go and do that. Get them organised and, and go and win the World Cup. <laughs> and he's and he done it. So I, I, I sometimes think England have been searching for something that they don't really need to. You know, Fabio Capello, Eriksson, Sam Allardyce. See, see if Gary Southgate's the most qualified coach and can get them organised and have a few words. I mean, he has played at the top level. Then maybe he has a bit. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A low is almost like Germany's Andy Roxburgh. That's what you know, I mean. it's I, a kind of you know. It's I, I, that's, do you always have to go for this? I mean, look at Capello and the mess he made and the money he was getting. Yeah. Do you really have, always have to go for somebody like that? I'm not so sure. Well, like, the William Hill odds plays for Gareth Southgate to ultimately get the job permanently. Well, bear in mind, as you said, it's, it's late Thursday morning, so this mm, is could change huge, dramatically. Hugely volatile market, just depending on somebody with a bit of knowledge or somebody taking a punt. I looked at the odds just before we started there, and Gareth Southgate. 10 to 1, fourth favourite. Over the past couple of minutes, he's now jumped into 11 to 10. 
absolute red hot favourite so I'm not that sure what's happened there <laughs> but I think having a look at the FA and the fingers burnt a wee bit here he is this, you know, the kind of safe pair of hands and yeah it's in the dearth of it's, it's Gareth Southgate 11-10 to 10, next in the betting Steve Bruce 3-1 to one, Arsene Wenger third in the betting at 5-1 to one, but that's that's a leap of faith getting Wenger I think Now Willie I was surprised uh, when the, the news came out about Allardyce uh, obviously immediately you're seeing the betting list and Mark Warburton I noticed was was top seven among many bookies, but what's the William Hill odds on Mark Warburton? He still is. Somebody's having a punt on him. So yeah, Warburton's sitting at sixteen to one. He's actually I tell a lie. Actually, he's eighth in the betting behind guys like Jurgen Klinsmann and Alan Pardew. But he's there or thereabouts. He's certainly sixteen to one's relatively short odds for, I guess, us sitting thinking and would Warburton really be selected as the England manager at this stage in his career? I mean, there's going to be a number of Celtic fans inevitably that you know that there'll be a wee bit concerned regards potential FA interest in Brendan Rodgers. There has been, of course, before. What are the odds in Brendan Rodgers? Brendan Rodgers actually he's he's drifted a wee bit in the market. I don't know if he's come out and said that he's not particularly interested, but I'm sure his stock after the Man City game will be be relatively high. But Rodgers at the minute's thirty three to one. But I know he has been quoted in in previous previous markets for England manager but yeah he's 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 a big price at 33 to 1 we had the we had the sort of button here but we had the, the curious moment in Slovenia I'll go back to Slovenia again pre-season the Celtic where Brendan Rodgers hadn't even taken control of a game and he was getting linked for the England job so we were sitting around a table with him and he said this will sound ridiculous Brendan and he was, he was laughing and he, he did say you know, we can imagine me walking out in, in my dream job having not even taken charge of a game but he then expanded and, and made it clear that at this stage in his career he's not interested in it I wouldn't be surprised if down the line, 10, 15 years from now, Brendan Rodgers becomes England manager. But I think he's looking at it, and probably looking at the experiences of some other guys here and thinking that's not for me at this stage of my career. So I would be stunned if Brendan Rodgers took the England job. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. David, we look at the SPFL fixture card for the weekend. Motherwell Hearts kick us off. Friday night football. Hearts are doing well this season. How do you see this one going? They need to score. They need to find their shooting bits. So I think it's two blanks in a row. Hearts. So, Sorry, I, did I say they were doing well this season, David? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, they are doing, I would agree with you. They, they are doing well. And, and Hearts will be up top three, top four, no problem at all. Just looking at the game, I think it was Ross County last week, they seemed to hit everything but the back of the net, even though they had a lot of pressure. Ross County, great defensive side, I watched my eyebrocks before, and uh, the week before, sorry, and they threw their bodies in front of everything. I think Hearts just have to find that, you know, they really, really have to find the, the shooting boots again. You know, Tony Watts up there, Johnson, the big the big Norwegian as well, but Motherwell never make it easy for teams. You know, Motherwell, Scott McDonald, Louis Malt, guys like that, you know, they can always threaten as well. So I think I think it's really good making a, a good game, two good attacking teams. You're going to be at Dundee Celtic on Saturday. I mean, most folk are not going to see past Celtic here. Can Dundee spring a surprise here? Are they capable? I think they're capable. I, I'd be you know, I think Celtic are four favourites, and I think domestically they've been pretty much relentless apart from the Inverness draw. And obviously, Wednesday night we were taking a lot out of them, but Brendan Rodgers has got. You, know, you can bring in, for example, you can bring in Patrick Robertson, Lee Griffiths into his team, you can bring Samirovic into his team, you can bring Gamboa and Isa Gary, can, it can change half the team and the quality will pretty much stay the same. For Dundee, I, I, you know, I do have sympathy. Paul Hartley could probably have a chat with Brendan Rodgers and ask him what, what it was like to lose Suarez and Sturridge that same summer because I'm not comparing Kane Hemmings and Greg Stewart to I'm Suarez glad you're not, Sturridge. David, I'm glad you're not. But in terms of the, the, the goals, you, you take any team at any level, you take 40 goals out of their team yep. from a season and they're going to toil. 
and I think Dundee they've just they've not been able to replace him so far and, and I think for a team like Dundee where probably always going to be around that kind of maybe top six maybe bottom six those guys made the difference those guys when games were going for draws they'd be getting a win you know Hemmings with 25 Stewart created so many goals scored so many goals so you lose them like Rogers had at Liverpool when Sturridge got injured and Suarez left how, how do you replace I mean, them? Paul Hartley's managerial career has been a story of success, success, success. Is is this now the toughest spell? Do you think yeah. of his, his time in the dugout? Yeah, of, of course it is because he's he's as you're saying it's been promotion, promotion, promotion. He's consolidated in D. They've been disappointed in missing in the top six. Not only that, he's also taking guys like Stuart Hemming, Scott Bain, Paul McGinn, and really giving them a platform, made a bit of money for the club. So his stock has always been on the rise. This is a tough one, and I do have sympathy for him in the sense that he's lost his two best players. And sometimes, you know, he signed Del back too, for example, he signed uh, Tajisi from Holland. And the project's again, and I'm sure over time, Paul will develop them and, and make them good players and, and make them top players. But it doesn't always happen overnight. You're not always going to get a Stuart or a, a Hemmings who almost hit the ground running and, and, and just go from strength to strength. So he's, he's had to shop about, he's had to wheel and deal to try and get guys in. And, and, and so far, it's been, it's been hard for him. And, and I think Dundee, I just think they miss that cutting edge up front. And I think. You know, until they probably solve that and get a partnership up there, I, th- I think they're going to struggle. Willie, can I trouble you, please, for the William Hill odds on a Dundee victory? Pretty big. Yeah, I think everything you've been saying there is pretty much spot on, and you, you all goes wrong here. You've got a job with odds compilers, ten to one Dundee. I'm not giving any kind of hope here. Five to one the draw, Celtic five to one on. So, um, there's that whole thing about after a European night is a is a tiredness, but Celtic's record after European nights, particularly actually European away matches, is actually pretty good. I think they've I think the Cali game was the first game that they've actually dropped any points in the last eight or nine nine matches, particularly away from home. But I think you can yeah, I can't see anything but a Celtic win here. Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. I'm at Kilmarnock Aberdeen David, is there any possibility of me seeing a short result here? Yeah, I I, I think Kilmarnock you know I I tipped them for the allegation at the start of the season, but I think in recent weeks, I know they beat 6-1 of Celtic last week, but I think in recent weeks I've seen signs that Lee Clark is actually starting to, to mould them into a team. You know, they've got, kind of picked up a point against Rangers, um, a point against Thistle. I, I just I look at Chris Boyd, Kulabali, guys capable of scoring. I really like Greg Kilty, I like Gary Dicker. I think um, defensively, they're, I know they lost six, but I think they're, they're looking a bit better. So, I, you know, I, I think Lee Clark is slowly but surely getting it together. Also, you've got Aberdeen who, off the back of the Rangers game, a game that I, I don't think played particularly well in, will be coming with a lot of confidence and, and have to build. And that was the point of beating Rangers and then losing to Kilmarnock. Yeah. So I think I don't think it'll be easy for Aberdeen, but you would fancy Aberdeen to, to get the points. There's also Hamilton and Inverness, Ross County, St Johnston, but clearly the other... You know, standout game this week is Rangers versus Partick Thistle. The screw's turning on Mark Warburton here. I, I, I take it anything less than a victory for Mark Warburton is unthinkable. Yeah, he needs he needs to win a game here. And while some of the stuff Mark Warburton's kind of come out in, in the last few weeks, he's, you know, as a Rangers manager, and I know he's saying I'm happy with the performance, I'm never happy with the result dropping points, but it's you can't just keep saying the same stuff week after week you know it's I think it's four games in a row that they haven't won the league the fans aren't going to buy that the goal difference is minus three after seven games mm. 
think there's seven points behind Celtic already. Celtic have a game in hand. Any ambitions of a title challenge seems to be fading. I do agree with Michael Moles talking in, in Thursday's, Thursday's yep. newspaper talking about it will take time. You know, I didn't think Rangers would, would mount an actual. I think I still I tipped them for second. I still think they might finish second, but I didn't think Rangers would go and, and really challenge Celtic this season. He, he says it might be next season, season after. But I think for the run of games, I think I think Mark Warburton really needs a win. He needs a win just to just to lift that cloud away, to, to stop him having to come out after the game talking about how, how much Rangers dominated the ball but didn't take their chances, because the goal return so far hasn't been good enough. And it's all very well. Derek McInnes was quite pointed after the game on, on, on Sunday at Pataudry. I didn't think Rangers deserved to lose the game. I didn't think maybe deserved to win the game. I thought a draw would have been a fair result. Derek McInnes quite pointedly said the point of football is to score goals. <laughs> so. Mark Warburton was right in the sense that Rangers dominated the football, but what did they, you know? How many how many chances, clear cut chances, did Rangers really create? Not very many. You know, Joe Lewis has a couple of saves. Martin Wagon puts one over the bar, but apart from that, it's hard to really remember a clear cut chance. So, I think he needs more from these players. I think his front three. I think Joe Garner has to start delivering. I think Joe Garner at 1.5, 1.8 million pound was a lot of faith shown in him. Uh, by Mark Warburton he has to start he has to start scoring goals Martin Wycon is he better outright is he better through the middle I, I personally think he's probably better through the middle yep, I agree. does he give Michael Hallam a shot does Barry Mackay is he contributing enough I think you know Rangers aren't playing terribly but I just think there has to be a bit more you know a kind of streetwise ruthless streak to their game otherwise Mark Warburton will be under more and more pressure the, the William Hill odds, please, for Rangers, Partick Thistle. Do you know, listen to everything you've said, I'm starting to think, oh, Partick look a decent price here. 15-2, <laughs> Partick Thistle, 15-4, the draw. So, quite, I mean, it's over 3-1 to one for the draw. Rangers, I, I guess the difficulty for the bookmakers is that if we if we go a pretty big, a bigger price, or you know, close to odds on, or just kind of odds against for Rangers, we will get absolutely hammered as Rangers. They should win this, they should toast this with the players they've got. Particularly given the possession they've had, but Rangers are four to eleven now. Whether that's a whether that's an actual accurate reflection in their performance this season is, is there to be debated. But yeah, Rangers are four to eleven, so we fully expect people will be putting Rangers on their accumulator here. See, this is this is a this is a point. If Rangers click, they should win this game. I say, you know, I mean, to beat Queen of South Island, Queen of South are a decent team. Mm. You know, they've got all the tools yet. It's just not happening for them. So. Partick Thistle could be a stubborn, awkward team for them. Well, but Ross County were stubborn, yeah. awkward Derek. Aberdeen were stubborn. Kilmarnock were stubborn. And, and Rangers have found it hard to break them down. They've not been able to break them down. So that, that's that's what I mean. Mark Warburton, it's kind of almost like he's just replaying the record after every game. I'm happy with the performance. We dominated. We just didn't take our chances. But you can't see, keep saying week after week, we just didn't take our chances. Because sometimes you need to say, well, what's wrong? Why are they not taking chances? Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. <laughs> Finally, David, we have the easily the standout game in the championship on the Sunday. Hibs Dundee United. This has got the makings of a belter. You can imagine Easter Road is is going to have another big crowd. It's a difficult one to call. I mean, United are currently five points behind Hibs. United are fifth. Hibs are second. Is it a home win or is this a, a tricky game for? I think, game, I, I, like, I think this will be the game of the weekend. To be honest, I think you know people are probably being guilty. Um, I know broadcasters will get a bit of stick about it of kind of almost forgetting the championship because um, Rangers will get promoted, hearts are up now and everything. But I, I, I still think it's a really good league. I think it's a league that should be championed. I know we do in the paper give it a lot of coverage. And I think it's a great game. I think it's I think it's it's a game to me that will bring out the best in both teams, both managers, 
both supports. It, it's the big time, you know. It's it's Hibs and United, two big clubs, two clubs battling each other to try and get up. You know, all due respect to Queen of the South, I still think it'll be between Hibs and United to go up. Hibs have hit a little bit of a rocky patch after such a good start to the season. Dundee United have been up and down. I watched them at Morton last week. Thought they were appalling. Ray McKinnon came out and said they were appalling. I mean, one of the quotes of the season. I'm not. I mean, Dundee United scored in the second half and were a bit better. And he said, "I'm not even going to give them any credit for that." I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what he's saying in the dressing room, but if it was half as bad as he said to us, it was. I mean, it just did not hold back. They got a reaction because they went and beat Morton in the next game. I think Tony Andrew will get a really good player. I think in Scott Fraser will get a really good player. And I think Dundee United can pose Hibs problems. I just wonder if Hibs have got a bit too much in terms of Cummings, McGinn, Holt, guys that have been about the block and no raise their game. Because this, for me, is one of the biggest games of the season in the Championship. How are William Hill saying this, Willie? Yeah, we think Hibs have only just have a wee bit too much for Dundee United. The Hibs have been pretty impressively starting the season. Obviously, they drew down at Queen of the South last week. But yeah, 11 to 10 for Hibs, 23 to 10 the draw. Dundee United, it's been a price 15 to 8 Dundee United. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, I'm not that sure how this game's going to go. I think it's, it's one of those games that's it'll be a cracking game to watch, plenty rested on it, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if United to maybe sneak a win there. Gentlemen, thanks very much for your valued contributions. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 